And welcome back, everybody, to the Root of All Eagles podcast. Your Philadelphia Eagles are 2-0. Now, we need to talk about some things on today's show because the media has been portraying the Eagles as a team almost as if they're not completely undefeated right now. From what I hear, oh, well, the Eagles, they're 2-0, but they're not winning in a pretty way. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you that a win is a win is a win. You're now listening to the Root of All Eagles podcast, where, where, where we break down the latest news about your beloved bird. And now, your host, James Webb. Fly, Eagles, fly. The Eagles already 2-0, having defeated the Minnesota Vikings 34-28 on Thursday night football. The score makes the game look closer than it really was, as the Vikings battled their way from 27-7 down in the third quarter to make the final scoreline a bit more respectable. The most important stat at the end of all of this is 2-0, baby as the Eagles hopefully take the first steps on a march to another Super Bowl appearance this February. This was a weird game in a lot of ways. First of all, it was actually a good game on Thursday Night Football in contrast to some of the garbage games that was served much of last year. For the home opener at the link, there are definitely weaker teams out there on the schedule. Although pretty much everyone agrees that the Vikings 13-4 record from last year was more than a little fraudulent. But given the Vikes fell to Tampa Bay of all teams in week one, I think most Eagles fans had reason to be optimistic about this one. The opening drive stuttered a little bit with some short plays before bursting into life. Jalen Hurts launching a bomb to Devontae Smith for 54 yards, taking us down to the Minnesota 10-yard line. However, the Eagles couldn't punch it in and settled for a field goal which would prove to be a rare time that DeAndre Swift was stopped all night. After that, a Vikings drive stalled, an Eagles drive stalled, and then luck went our way as what looked like a good punt return was fumbled straight back to us, giving us another go. That said, we wasted the lucky break as Jalen Hurts threw a risky ball on a third and 16 picked off, giving Kirk Cousins the ball back. But then Madison fumbled the ball straight back on the very next play. And it was just all in all a very messy few minutes of football. The next scoring came early in the second as Cousins led a 55-yard drive down the field, finishing with a short touchdown pass to TJ Hawkinson, putting the Vikings on the board and giving them a 7-3 lead. On the next drive, though, we saw a beautiful 75-yard drive almost entirely on the ground. Swift, Hertz, and Boston Scott just took turns at cutting through Minnesota, who had backed everyone up defensively to cut out any explosive plays downfield. The drive finished with a classic tush push on the one-yard line, Hertz going over for the score. Is that play banned? Nope. Is it effective? You better believe it is. Can your team stop it? Probably not. And every other team is allowed to do it. So either learn how to stop it, execute it yourselves, 
or just shut up with the complaining already. On this occasion, as usual, the Vikings were powerless to prevent it. Touchdown, Eagles. The next Vikings drive ended with one of those plays that make you think it's just not going to be your night. After some good work from Cousins to move down the field, he landed a 31-yard dime to superstar Justin Jefferson, who fumbled out of the end zone after a juggle. Touchback. All of those yards for nothing. Unlucky? Sure. But not enough has been made of Terrell Edmonds, who made a terrific defensive effort to force the fumble and give the Eagles the ball back. So, Eagles ball on our own 30, 34 seconds left. Plenty in the link would be forgiven for heading for an early halftime beer. But no, a few big plays on the ground again, and there's a 61-yard field goal attempt for Jake Elliott. He stepped up and tied the career long he hit in 2017 against the Giants, meaning after an erratic first half, the score was 13-7 to the home side. However, within 4.06 of the second half, it was a totally different game. Firstly, a Kirk Cousins fumble put us up on the Vikings 7, and guess what? The Eagles ran the ball, Minnesota couldn't deal with it, and two plays later, the ball's in the end zone. They even pushed in Hurts again because apparently no one knows how to stop that one. And then after a quick Vikings three and out, it was time for Hurts to launch another deep one to Smith. This one for 63 yards and six points. The score was suddenly 27 to seven and the NFC champions were back in cruise control. Game over? Well, not quite my friends. Kirk Cousins had an excellent game overall in this one and led the visitors back into this one with a 62-yarder of his own to Jordan Addison and then a 10-yarder to KJ Osborne as the Vikings pushed for a nervous finale at the link. I'd like to add here that I'm glad we won't be facing Justin Jefferson again this year. His peers ranked him as the second best player in the league last year and with games like this, it's hard to argue too much with that. With 159 yards off 11 catches, Jefferson was a threat all over the field for 60 minutes, and any team that has Jefferson on it is never fully out of any game. However, the game was near enough iced with 4 minutes left, Swift continuing to terrorize a flagging run defense, racking up 63 yards off 7 carries on one final scoring drive. The ex-Lion punched it in himself and would end the day with 175 rushing yards. Not bad for a home debut. Hawkinson added another garbage time touchdown, but after an ambitious Hail Mary attempt from Cousins fell short, that was all she wrote, and the Eagles finished a strange game as the winner, moving to 2-0, which is obviously the most important thing here. Certainly not a flawless Eagles performance, but still plenty to be pleased about. The rushing attack was fantastic with Swift leading the way after not being involved much at all in New England. Not many teams will get 259 rushing yards in a game this year, and this helped lead to 39 minutes and 28 seconds of possession, crucial for just grinding down a defense and killing the clock as the game progresses. Jalen Carter has been superb on the interior of the line too, and now has the third most pressures of any interior defensive lineman in football through the first two weeks. He's disruptive 
at collapsing the pocket consistently, which only allows our outside rushes to do further damage. On the other hand, it was not a great day for the pass defense, with Kirk Cousins finishing with 364 passing yards, a passer rating of 125.6, and no interceptions on the day. Four fumbles is what killed the Vikings in this one, and if a few big plays had turned out differently, we'd be having a very different conversation here. The pass defense needs to tighten up. We're lacking a safety, and the absence of James Bradbury forcing young corners into the field has been apparent. Winning matters, though. We can tidy up our mistakes at practice, and we move to another primetime game next week, a Monday night matchup in Tampa Bay. The Bucks have stumbled slightly to 2-0 so far with wins over Minnesota and one of the league's worst sides in the Chicago Bears. Neither of these wins were great performances, granted, but the Bucks faithful are understandably not bothered by that, as life after Tom Brady might be slightly better than we all thought. Baker Mayfield has surprised a few at quarterback this season with 490 yards in his two games and no turnovers so far, ranking him fifth in the league so far for passer rating with 104.4. His two top targets, as usual, are Tampa veterans Mike Evans and Chris Goodwin, two men who will be hoping to keep Bradbury Slay and the rest of the secondary busy on Monday night. While the Bucks' defense has been above average so far this year, eighth in scoring defense, ninth in yardage, it's surely too early to draw conclusions two games into the season. It also includes a game against Justin Fields, Chicago, who aren't exactly a high-quality unit. The Bucks do boast some of the Super Bowl-winning unit on this year's roster, though. Vita Vea, Devin White, and Antoine Winfield Jr., to name a few, are all playmakers on defense and won't be making life easy for the Eagles' offense. With DeAndre Swift clearly up to speed in this offense, the only thing missing on that side of the ball is is a big passing performance from Jalen Hurts. Hurts deserved his big contract in the summer after a fantastic 22 season, but so far, we've only seen a few flashes through the air, and his passer rating of 93.1 is solid, but not at the level he wowed us with all year last year. But if the rushing attack can get going the way it did last Thursday, maybe that won't even be necessary. I don't think this one will be a walkover for us, but Vegas makes us five-point favorites on the road, which sounds about right to me. Tampa isn't a terrible team, but if I were going to have real ambitions of reaching the Super Bowl again or going one better, this is the type of game that you have to deal with. And with Dallas having a layup in Arizona, we need another 3-0 to stay level with them. Hopefully a game less weird than last Thursday and a solid 60-minute win, please. Fly Eagles fly. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Root of All Eagles podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Root of All Eagles, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for checking out another episode of Root of All Eagles podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Root of All Eagles, and make sure you stay tuned for the next episode. Yeah.